It's like you can like pick up on ev- everything. Like it, we, I'd like sit in a chair and it'd like creak and like it would project <laughs> into the microphone. And, but you still get weird <laughs> shit like that because uh, there's like this little handle on yeah. the table. Does that like get? Well, we were recording um, the old Colony cast, and I just fidget. So like yeah. I'm fucking fidgeting with it, and Fish is like getting like a weird noise. I don't know what it is, and, and I'm like, does it sound like this? He's like, what is? What are you doing? <laughs> That's funny. So yeah. I mean they're good but like they do pick up like vibrations through the table all right well i'm shaking my my leg pretty viciously right now so i don't know if you're stop talking and shake your leg i don't think so okay i don't see any blue lines yeah it's not really my my chair's not touching the table so (laughs) uh so this is uh apparently background noise talk (laughs) um yeah welcome back listeners this is andy from inebriart um actually recording in person which i don't do much anymore we do so much through zoom now yeah um like it came because of covid and hasn't gone away and i i it's not my favorite thing to do but yeah we get some really funky like cool guests but today we have a cool guest we go way back like i was trying to explain is it like close to 20 years how old are you now i'm i'm 30 I'm coming up on 36, so I gotta say it's gonna be 20 close years. 20 yeah. years, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. So I was I was actually thinking as I was coming over here that I am that you might be the the older the. What do you mean by oldest? Not Rob. the oldest. What do you mean oldest? As but a... as far as like <laughs> the length in which I've known you to actually see you face to face and make plans to hang out with you even though this is a little bit more formal than yeah. my my bandmate Mike Dunn who I've known for since I was like 15 years old. I don't think I I've known anybody quite as long as you that I still have regular communications with. That's weird. That is weird. That's crazy. Time just is is inevitable. It just marches on. It does and it's really fucking weird now after COVID. Oh, sorry listeners. This is Rob uh for Ness. Um Hello. Obviously, a long, long time friend, which is why we, we kind of forget the formalities of yeah. like introducing who he is. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but you've been on the show before. You're a writer, musician, mm-hmm. and you're here because uh, you wrote a comic. I did. Which I got to say, like, I got up this morning and was kind of like, all right, what's on my list of things to do today? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep. And I, I'm sorry, I still call you Robbie because that's, that's okay. That's how I was introduced to you. Yeah, some people still call me Robbie. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, Rob, you know, Robbie's coming in to, to talk about his comic book. And then I, like, really thought about it. And I'm like, it kind of gave me, like, you know, you have a kid now. When mm-hmm. your kid accomplishes <laughs> yeah. something. Because yeah. I'm like, he was my comic book customer at, like, 16. And he has written a comic book now. I'm like, I'm really proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's, like, it was definitely my childhood dream. I mean, your comic book shop you know, being within walking distance made like comics that much more accessible. And, you know, I, so I grew up reading comics. I was totally into comics when I was in high school, kind of dropped off of them for a bit, but now I'm kind of like all in on them again. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I think, I think that those like formative years, like hanging out in your shop and going to different, um, comic cons, like locally and mm-hmm. whatnot was definitely, and you like never gave me a hard time, even though, I like went in there for hours and never spent any money. Yeah, but the, to me that was, you know, that was a comic book shop I grew up in too, you know. It was a hangout. Yeah. You know, it was it's it's so different now because the comic world is so more accessible to everybody. Right. And at you know, especially when I was growing up and even when, you know, you were it was a smaller niche you were the nerd, a little bit of an outcast. So they, I mean, like every comic book shop I had ever been in at that time, you were like, oh, I'm going to run down the comic book shop for a minute and then three hours later right? because you're like, these are my people. Yeah. I found my people and you could have the nerdiest conversations and borderline arguments because it was, <laughs> I mean, the internet wasn't quite what it is now. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, I'm pretty sure I said this last time, but... You were right. They made a fucking Ant-Man movie. They're now making three. The third one's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I took my victory lap on, on the Ant-Man thing uh, the last <laughs> the time last I was time. on the show. Uh, so, but yeah, they the the new tra- I think they just put out the first trailer for it, and it looks pretty... It looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's comic book fandom just 
isn't what what it was 20 years ago like we were we were happy to have like the x-man movie even though like they didn't have the original like you know yellow spandex wolverine we were just like happy to have like that and this you know the first spider-man movie so i i think i'm i'm with you in that regard is that like you can just you know come going to a comic book shop and just like meeting with your your people and just like having conversations and learning about like new artists and new stories and stuff and other like geek stuff like figures and stuff like that it was great yeah and like they the community was so much that you could you know there was so much content at that time and it's more so now but like i mean comic books are so ubiquitous at least the characters are now you know people forget iron man was like a c-list character when they made that movie yeah they were just he was the biggest character they still own the rights to oh that yeah that's right because they just sold it they sold x-men they sold hulk they sold uh, yeah they were were, i i read somewhere and this is this could be completely off base but like they were marvel was trying to sell like all of their characters to it it was either fox or sony or something like that for like an absurdly low amount of money compared to what you know those those movies make now and it was just like it was just like one of those you know like in you know looking back at it it's like imagine if fox or or sony had had taken it we might not have the mcu or like we might have like something even more expansive that dates back way further than the mcu i just i don't know if i don't know if anyone other than marvel could have done it the way they did it because they grew it so slowly, so gradually, and with such care. Because, I mean, they knew what was great about the characters. Yeah. It wasn't like they're like, oh, we, you know, oh, we've heard of this character Thor, so we're going to buy the rights and then write a movie. They're like, we already have the stories written for decades and decades. We're it's gonna we're going to take those comics and convert them into the movies. Yeah. I... I, and that and that's true. I think um, that what you were describing there was like can be reflected in like movies like Morpheus or Morbius, Morbius, not yeah. Morpheus. Um, Did you see it? I never saw. I, it. I never saw it because I just heard it was. I so saw the bad. trailer. I'm like, I have no interest in seeing this whatsoever. Yeah, and and the same thing with um, with um, uh, Venom, the yep. Venom movie. Didn't see those either. Just they they have the character, but they don't know what makes the character great. Right. You know, they just. They they know that people love the character, so they're like, we're putting in the, this in a movie. It's gonna make us some amount of money. But then there's like no, they it, like what has connected the character to the the readers or the viewers is completely lost in in switching from a, a comic to, you know, a movie and based on like the writing and stuff like that. So it's uh, I guess I guess in that regard, you're yeah. I mean, the MCU probably wouldn't even exist at. If if they had sold it, and, so. and just the idea of like a, I mean that was that was the cool thing about comic books, and it was a total marketing thing, but you know there would be, jeez I don't know the X Men would be fighting someone that would use and Storm would use her powers to make it snow in New York, and then three panels in Spider Man that month would be like it's snowing in new york and him be like geez that's weird and then a little like byline be like read x-men number 274 find out why you know yeah but like they all existed in the universe and as far as a movie universe that just didn't exist right you know unless it was like the star wars trilogy or something you know but yeah now now every everybody's trying to make a universe out of everything and they just can't seem to do it (laughs) well it's because i mean marvel just has like uh, what almost not a hundred years, but what seventy years, eighty years, something like that, so, yeah. of, of of history to sort of you know uh, go back to to, and they did it slow. Yeah, you know, I think that was part of it. Is they they really took their time and built out the universe, and I feel like that's the, the thing. DC's too busy trying to play catch up. Yeah, that they just they're kind of like. Oh, we had Superman movie. Now let's do a Justice League movie. Like, no, you need to kind of like build up who these other characters are and give them their time. Yeah, I I agree. I'm not like a huge DC person, but I will say that I think Peacemaker is the best oh like piece of um, like superhero 
TV show, movie, anything of 2022. It's a fantastic it, show. It was... I think I can count the things I like that DC has done movie, movie video-wise on one hand. Shazam, I thought was great. I didn't see Shazam. Oh, it's really fun. I, I, I do <laughs> want to go see Shazam. I thought the first Wonder Woman was fantastic. I agree. Um, it's, it's so weird because I don't count Batman as the DC Cinematic Universe for some fucked up reason. Like I, in my head, it's just like separate. Well, he's he yeah, because he's like bigger like, yeah. than than anything else they've been able to put out. So it's like he is his own separate thing. Like you don't get to. You know, you don't get to say bad things about any Batman movie, but you can say bad things about Superman movies and things yeah. like that because, you know. But, like, the, the new one with Robert, Robert Pattinson? Yeah. Um, so long. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. And it was really, really dark. Um, and, like, Suicide Squad, the newer Suicide Squad I enjoyed, but Peacemaker was, like, hands down, so much fun to watch. It was and great. And John Cena just... It, like I'm like I don't know how they're gonna make like I used to read the Peacemaker comic book really and was still kind of like I don't really know much about this guy <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah but that's kind of the cool part is where they get they they're now getting to characters that I remember when the Guardians of the Galaxy was announced yeah I reached out to Fish and I'm like who's in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy again <laughs> and, and now they're household names. Yeah, I think I think there's benefit in going to like C list characters because they're like lore and their history is like a lot less set in stone mm-hmm. and there's not like a rabid fan base that is going to like fact check everything. So you're given a little bit more license to be like goofy and, and creative more creative. Um I was al- always a s Ant Man fan, but like Scott Lang was like not like a goofy, yeah. like dad, you know, he was a dad, but he wasn't like this goofball, like, and Ant-Man was kind of a joke, but like in the original Scott Lang Ant-Man, I don't, it wasn't like presented like a joke of a character. Right. And so, but like they evolved it into that to, to fit, fit their needs. And I just think that like, there's a benefit to having those type of characters like Peacemaker, like Vigilante, like Ant-Man to fill like those specific roles. But like, cause Vigilante in the comic book is nothing like that. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> a, he's, he's like a lawyer that like is, yeah, he's, he, he's got the he, traditional, like yeah, he's family is killed. Vigilante. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and then, and then you're, you're able to like reimagine them to fit your, the needs of like the director or the writer. And, um, I mean, James Gunn did guardians of the galaxy. He yep. did Peacemaker um so i think he's gonna you know he's doing the whole he's like in charge of the dcu now which i'm really excited about me too i think i think every uh superhero thing that he's done i think he's done a great job he did the second suicide side squad movie which i really liked i did too i thought it was the opening sequence was like hilarious i was like i i didn't see the first one so when i was watching this one i'm like okay after the initial opening sequence i'm like okay now what happened (laughs) and then then, like this whole other thing happened i was like oh okay cool this this is great and um but yeah so getting back to the point like the you know just having like sea lift ca- characters they can really elevate and they can just kind of do whatever they want with them which i think is huge when you're a creative type you yeah know? but it all comes from that building of the universe initially yeah with the characters that everyone's super defensive about yeah exactly yep so you wrote a comic book man That's yeah cool. what is it what's it about all right so i think is it about like a super cool comic book shop owner i i know it is not but <laughs> Uh, no, the so um, I think everybody. Well, for me personally, growing up, you knew me. I was big into art, and I always wanted to draw my own comic book. Mm-hmm. I had like hooked up with people to and like. You know, slouch. You draw very well. Thank you. I I, I I draw really well for like within like a high school like classroom environment. But then when I tried to ex- continue to expand on that, came to realize that maybe like. I wasn't going to be able to ever, like, you know, turn out a comic that, or draw a comic. So I, I actually fell back on writing, which I also really enjoyed, and we talked a lot on that um, on the last time I was on the podcast. So um, the the story is, so long story short, is I, did, I just wrote it, and I had um, somebody else, I hired somebody else to draw it. Um, but the, the long and short of the story is that it's about cryptids, who sort of um, 
who take on like a superhero persona and try to help fight crime and they have to sort of go against one of their own in order to save West Virginia. So it it's it has Mothman and you know the first issue has Mothman and the Dover Demon in it. So like two of uh you know the more well-known cryptids. It had it's definitely more skew, skewed towards like the Tick versus like okay. an actual like like you know Batman like yeah. dark and brooding or like the boys or anything like that. It's definitely like a lighthearted like kind of for all ages comic book um which isn't to say that like it's just like nothing but like jokes and whatnot i think there's a pretty good amount of action in it so it's only issue one out of um hopefully like four but i'm gonna continue to write you know writing or creating your own comic is very expensive (laughs) yeah and so especially when you're not the artist like you gotta pay artists and um the artist that worked on my comic, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Mateo Markarowski. Um, he did a fantastic job. Um, and I found him through it like a Facebook group. And um, yeah, so we, so he was doing one page a week and he was drawing, inking, coloring, and lettering. Oh shit. So yeah. he did like the whole, he did everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I couldn't have asked for like a better person to like work on it with because he was like super receptive to, you know, me being like, okay, this is great. Um, but you know, can you do stuff? Can you do a little bit different here? Just because I, you know, in panel, blah, blah, blah. And on page, blah, 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 something else happens. And we need to, you know, allude to that. Um, <clears throat> But he, yeah, he did a great job. And he was also great with saying, like, I see that in panel, whatever, you want this to happen, but I think it would look better, you know, from a visual standpoint, um, looking like this. And, you know, he would, uh, oftentimes I would just be like, yes, absolutely, that you're, you're right, that's much better. Um, but so I originally wrote this story, I think, like, I want to say before uh, you know covid sort mm-hmm. of like the world is now before covid post covid um and i kind of like i i presented it to like a yeah, bc means something totally different now yeah right <laughs> i know it's it's yeah. weird that like now life is just kind of like like that um but i i presented it on a reddit forum to uh, for writing critiques and things like that and i got some really good feedback like people seem to like it and um and but I got some feedback. I made some changes, but you know, with the cost of right of hiring an, an artist, it's you know I don't. I mean, I don't didn't like have like a grand plan, so I didn't want to like commit any amount of money without like sort of a like an end game in mind. And so I kind of shelved that. And then some guy um, he messaged me on Reddit probably six months after. I had kind of like making it or made a decision to, you know, that I, that it was done, but there was no, like, I wasn't going to hire an artist or anything. He messaged me and he was like, Hey, I run like a, an online publishing company. You know, if how, how have you been working on this at all? I was like, well, I did all the edits, you know, and, but I haven't really hired an artist. I haven't really looked for it. It's kind of cost prohibitive at this moment. And he was like, if we split the cost, how would you feel about, um, you know, po- me posting it up on my website to to have people check it out and whatnot. And I was like, you know, my first thought was like, all right, this is feels a little scammy. Scammy, like, yeah. Right? Like, what's the angle? like yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna send you a check from you know West Union or whatever it's called. Yeah. The and uh, I'm gonna send you a check for a thousand dollars, but you have to send me a check for four hundred first. <laughs> right, exactly. So <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was a little apprehensive at first, um, but he sent me his link. Uh, it's wondercomics.org. You can actually, it's up on there in plain sight. Um, is the name of the comic, and it's totally free. You can see it. So I, I was. He has, has a bunch of other comics, and so I like. I was asking him like, well, what a why my comic? You know, like, and it was just. He was just telling me that he hasn't had that much time to write, but he wants to like continue to work on like that portfolio that he has for his publishing company. So I was like, "All right, this all seems pretty kosher." So we went forward, and we, um, you know, I, I found the artist. I, you know, he said he he gave me money to hire the artist, but he, you know, I, I was given license to choose who I wanted 
to make any like sort of edits, um, you know, as far as the story is concerned. And he wouldn't like handcuff me creatively um, at all. But I used his knowledge because, um, you know, he he had a bunch of other comics up there already. So I thought, you know, I could definitely use his like background in history um, to help me on on this endeavor. So. So, yeah, we I think the over I want to say. Well, I don't know. However, it was 22 pages long. So however many weeks he was doing a page a week. So uh, over 22 weeks, um, so like six months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was kind of finished up in August and then put up on the website around, I want to say, like mid to late September. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how it all turned out. And I'm actually working on, you know, this second issue right now in hopes of, you know, um, you know, completing the story arc. Because as good as it feels to have like issue one done, it still feels unfinished in the sense that there's um, like, I, you know, I don't have the complete story arc, yeah. you know, written out and available. And so uh, and that's one of those things like, you know, I was in that industry for a long time. And the number of comic cons where I saw people set up and be like, "Oh, this is issue one, and it's gonna be an ongoing series or um, a mini series, whatever," and then maybe they get a second issue out and they disappear because you know, life happens, and this isn't you know they're not making Spider-Man money, so right, they, yeah. it can't be their like full-time gig. Chances are they're not making any money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, you know, they're they're pretty much just trying to recoup, recoup costs and get their story out. Yeah, but um, so many like creators of of that type never finished their story or took a decade to get a, a four part miniseries out, you know? So yeah. it's really, and that's one of those things where like, I'm glad that there's, uh, you're working with another company that at least seems to have some sort of funds going in that can help get it out. Yeah. I, I, I think I want to say a couple years ago, I, when I originally came on the podcast, I was talking about how I was writing for, for wrestling. I was, mm-hmm. and I wasn't making a lot of money. And I think I kind of had like a, a come to Jesus moment where I was just like, I have to kind of ex- maybe not accept the fact, but like be comfortable with the fact that I'm not going to ever be like make money doing this. There's like a, you know, a very minuscule, you know, chance that I'll ever make any money doing this. But I have to be comfortable in the fact that I'm doing this for myself um, more than anything else. And then I think that like, helped me like motivate me to just keep doing just keep working because like there is no there is no like you know like if i'm if i this is this is what failing looks like because i'm just doing it to make myself happy and as long as i feel good doing it then that's then you don't fail then i don't fail yeah and so and and so like that's what's sort of just been motivating me throughout like you know throughout do when i was doing it originally and now as a work on the second issue um is just you know just doing it for my own like my own self i guess you know obviously the readers are a big a big part of it um you always want people to like what you write and sure. and, and the whole thing and i put a great deal of like pride and effort into it um but i but i think going back to the what you said at the comic cons like that's why my my first is that it's free online and because you know, I, I wouldn't want anybody to be like, oh, I, I bought the first issue and like now it's never done. You know, right, now right, you yeah. can just go on, you can see it on George R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so um, you can just go on online free to read it. Like there's literally, you don't have to sign up. There's not even an ex- excessive amount of ads or anything on it. So, um, or on the website that is, um, you can just click and just view through through them uh, through each page, and um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't really know where I was going with it outside <laughs> of like just, uh, just yeah, saying. It, well, it's one of those like um, I mean the podcast. You there's something about someone who's genuinely interested in doing something. Yeah. You know, there are people that start companies as like get rich quick schemes, or and you know some of them, you know, I feel like that's a tech thing. 
You know, like if you can create a company and sell it for a billion dollars, yeah, right. it's, but if it's creative thing, it's really about what does it do for you? And we started this podcast and we never expected to make any money from the podcast. We're right. like, this just sounds like fun. We like podcasts. We think we like podcasting. And we're like 320 episodes in. I think, wow. we, you know. That's insane. Yeah, I think we, we like it. <laughs> I'd say. Um, and, and it is that I don't care if I make a dime from this. It's nice that we're starting to see some, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's not, it's not about that. And and the the idea of if you set, I'm a big board game person, and like every board game has a win condition, right? You yeah. know, like if you set your win condition to be rich, you're probably gonna fail ninety nine percent. Right. But if you're like, I want to have fun and meet cool people, or you know, get my story out in front of people. It's it takes a lot of stress off because you're like, well, I'm doing what I want to do, and then it, it just makes life a lot easier. The nice thing is, then you get to have all the fringe benefits that come along with doing weird shit. Um, because people like the number one question when you know people find out I I'm a podcaster, they're like, oh, do you make a living at that? I'm like, no, <laughs> right. like very few people make a living at podcasting, but I get to do some cool shit that people don't get to do. Right. You know, you know, I took a private tour of the Lizzie Borden house. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I I, uh, I got a phone call from the Fluff CEO. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, with, like Lord Fluff or whatever, you know. Um, you know, it's just like weird shit that doesn't, you know, that becomes cool stories. Right. You know. Um, do you plan on setting up at Comic-Cons and stuff? I... I would like to, in some form or fashion, eventually. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about our ages at the earlier. I'm only 36, which feels still pretty young to be in the game, you know? And so. Uh, Stanley didn't start until 40? I think yeah. He was 40 when he made Spider Man? Yeah. So, like. Or helped make Spider Man? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I I still think there's, there's time to you know um to build up to that but it, it is it's it's slow goings like it's important to like start off and um establish yourself and as like there there are a lot of like those get rich quick schemes where it's like you fund like a you know a kickstarter or something like that and then you don't see you know that everything starts falling the wheels start falling off on the project um, I think ideally what I would like to do is get all four of these out. And then once all four are done, just publish like in physical print form, a trade paperback for mm-hmm. all four and, or, you know, do a trade paperback with like four individual issues um, available as well. You know, I I did try to do this other comic in, in um, a while back and while I still think there's like some premise there that I can tap into. I just didn't, I didn't have like a sort of like, like an end goal, like a win condition. Um, it was just sort of like a stream of consciousness and, and I was like dumping a lot of money into it to get it published and written, uh, drawn. Um, and I think that like, kind of like made me realize like I took a step back and like reset and was like, all right, what, how, like, how do I need to go about this? Like, what do I need to do this next time to make sure that like things go more smoothly? And that's when I started to like reach out more to different artists and th- or artists and writers and stuff to get their feedback. And, um, and yeah, I, so I, I think I was thinking about doing th- this first issue, like printing it out. Cause mm-hmm. it's really not that expensive to print out. It, I mean, it's expensive. Like you don't make any money, but it's not like that expensive to get like 10 or 20 copies done. But I don't know that like, I, I don't think that it, that would help me establish myself any, any more, just this being my first comic being published. So I think, you know, the digital um, way of going is it will be better. But I think, I mean, it's hard to like establish reader base. Like it yeah. really is like every, you know, people are always, you'll, you'll see in comments or whatnot. It's like, what's the fastest way to, to, you know, get a reader base or how can I do that? How and, do you build listenership? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're always, well, they're, they're, you know, the response, the common response is, well, just 
put a completed work together and hand it out or, or have, you know, link people. And it's like, you can do that till you're blue in the face. But like some people just, they, they'll just say that they, they're waiting for you to finish something and then they'll actually never take the opportunity to read it. Um, and so, but establishing a, a reader base or a viewership base is, is, is probably the, is harder than writing the comic itself. You know, mm-hmm. it's especially like social media platforms, it can feel like you're just yelling into an empty void of nothingness. You're like, please just read that. Like, yeah. just read this. I don't care if you, you tell me you hate it. Like, I just want somebody to give, you know, I want some feedback. Um, luckily, all the feedback that I've, that I have gotten has been very, uh, has been pretty good, actually. Um, the, the comic book shop, no offense, Andy, the comic book shop I go to now. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Which one? You can give a shot. Um, the Laughing Shield in North Attleboro. Okay. I, I take a, pretty long trip it's like 35 minutes from my house but i i it's just a great shop and um the owner there is extremely nice he, he read it he was like he was like if you ever print it out let me know and i'll carry it at my shop and um but it, he he said it was he said it was great the art he loved the art same thing he said the story was good and so <clears throat> finding that viewers or the reader base is is definitely the, the trickiest part it's uh, i i'm quite honestly at a loss. So I think until I like establish myself as a reader, there's, or as a, as a writer, there's not really any, I don't have any real uh, benefit to printing out a physical form, yeah. uh, you know, book. So he, this is one of those things that I think is a struggle for creative people. And let's call them normies. <laughs> don't get it. Because they look at someone who can write or play music or draw and be like, oh, my God, you're so talented. Like, you woke up one morning and was just like, hey, look what I can do. (laughs) But you spend so much time working on your craft that when you get to the point where you feel like, hey, maybe I can sell this. I have no idea how that works. Yeah. Because that is a legit whole other skill set. And, you know, in art school, they don't teach you know, any kind of business or marketing. Right. I heard um, Juilliard does, which I think is fucking cool. But it it is a whole concept of if you put something out, you get that push of uh, all my friends and family, you know, bought a copy. Or, right. yeah. You know, you're like, you don't have to buy it. And they're like, no, 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 I'm going to give you the $3 or $5, whatever comic. Yeah. And you're like, you don't have to. And you're like, no, 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 no. Um, so, you know, you do okay with your first CD, your first comic, whatever. And then you're like, okay, cool. All my family, all my friends have it. How do I get it in front of total total strangers? Right. And that is like the $64,000 question because we don't – you know, at this level, we don't have huge marketing budgets. If we have marketing budgets at all, yeah, mine is zero. Yeah. So. <laughs> so then it becomes, how do I get people interested and in front of people for little to no money? Right. And there's some there's some tricks. There's so because um, I've spent a lot of time researching this shit. And one thing um, is to go where your customers are and comic book shops are very familiar with like um independent press so a lot of them will carry it yeah but usually it's like oh you know drop off a couple copies and i sell you know i'll sell them i'll give you you know whatever the split is you put them on the shelf they sit on the shelf maybe they don't move maybe they do move but it's like five copies you're like am i gonna drive to you know weymouth to pick up twelve dollars if they all sold or like four dollars if one whatever the number is it's just like it's not worth it um i think for bang for the buck for a creator like yourself the best thing to do is like in-store appearances so it would be like free comic book day is always a big one but like you can always just be like hey can i come in some wednesday evening wednesday's the day or like on a weekend yeah and being like, you know, just set up a table and, you know, prom- promote. And where it's a free online, you can just sit there with a QR code right? and talk to people, you know, put up, you know, like a, get a couple of signs printed up or whatever, and, and then just talk to people. And, yeah. you know, they there, there's a thing in the comic book world where 
everyone is interested in meeting creators because you just don't know who that's going to be. You know, right. comic books are so fascinating because you could be like, oh, I met this guy and he has this weird comic book that, you know, it's on an independent label that no one's ever heard of. And, oh, what's it called? Oh, it's called Men in Black. I don't really, you know, <laughs> yeah. and next thing you know, it's like the biggest movie with Will Smith in it. You right. Know? Yeah. Everybody's like, that could be the next Kevin East- Eastman. Eastman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, it, and it's still like stuff like that still happens, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a comic idea and Hollywood's always kind of keeping their eyes uh, on anything that builds up like that. So there's this kind of interest in like, is this the next big thing? Is yeah. This, you know, let's talk to him. Oh, he's a cool guy. You know, I'll buy one of his comics. And I think everyone's collection is a good chunk of like, I bought, I met this guy as random. He signed it. I don't, yeah, yeah it was good. I'd never found another issue, but <laughs> right. I could never know, find another issue. But you know, like a lot of times people don't mind throwing like, it's like an, the oldest version of Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, we're like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you five bucks for your, you know, you give me the comic book, sign it, we'll have a chit chat and good luck. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that I honestly, th- you know, that's something that I would, I'm not like a huge people person. I love getting in front of people that I know and talking, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I am like a super shy person in, you know, one-on-one conversations, but, you know, getting out in front of the people, uh, you know, the readers would be, would be uh, probably a dream come true as yeah. well you know like and then if you do it enough you have like these weird weird experiences you know because i used to do the comic yeah, on artwork yeah. and stuff and like someone would come up and they'd be like looking at the template and they'd point to like a, a print and be like oh i have this and you'd be like are you fucking really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um like i remember one guy came up and uh i'm like oh you know if you have any questions he's like i came to find you and i'm like what he's like no i knew you were here and i came to find you and i'm like oh that's don't say that that's <laughs> fucking weird yeah and it's this it's that like unreal like like st- stop stop liking my stuff that's you know, like yeah I, I appreciate that you like it but you like it a lot and that's just weird like that takes some getting used to I yeah like. yeah that you used to run um like boston comic-con you used to do you used to sell art prints in um yep or uh, art. boston hartford uh one up in new hampshire i can't remember where that one was i mean it, for a while i did a bunch of them. I, I remember all yeah. of the pictures and stuff on facebook that was that was cool and uh we did a walker stalker con in new jersey it was a walking dead convention and like the first like hour or so was so dead and i was i was drawing i was doing like yeah my prints or whatever yeah but i was doing um uh commissions of people like caricatures of people as zombies Mm -hmm. and i literally did like two weeks pay in like one afternoon oh wow It, it like i couldn't stop and uh, it was at one point I just threw b- money at my friend. I'm like, go get me food and a beer because I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, we did so well that like we decided we were going to do the, the Walker Stalker Con. And I think it was Orlando. So we flew down and got hotel. I'm like, oh, you know, like even if I break even, it'll be like a nice little vacation. Dude, I lost so much money that week. <laughs> uh, no. You just never know. And, yeah. And, but um, it, it's doing that stuff was a lot of fun. And I got out when it stopped being fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, I found some people got a little too big for their britches. You know, you you had guys that had no credits in the comic book world who were acting like they were celebrities. Oh, right. You know, like, how how dare they do this to me? I'm like, bro, you're no one. Like, (laughs) I'm no one either, but, like... We're equally no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I have quote unquote fans that come by my table but what like eight this year (laughs) you know like let's be realistic and uh so yeah i mean and it's funny because we do so many events now like so we do these markets and they've been huge for us and you know we met so many cool people and it's a lot of fun and one came along that runs at the same location that we do and it's one of our really good locations and locations like, Oh my God, this market that we had last week fucking destroyed. 
they're like, it was so great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like kind of hurt. But it, they bill it as a punk rock flea market. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's really cool. It's a cool niche. You know, like I get it. It's got a whole different vibe to it. And I'm like, I wonder if you could do like one of the small comic shows, you know, not a comic. It would still be a comic con. Let's, that's just a, that's what you call them now. But like there used yeah. to be small ones at like VFWs. Yeah, There'd be for like sure. 40 dealers, mostly comic books. You get the occasional person in an Ant-Man costume. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if I could do something like that. And, you know, bring in some local creators and, you know, people trying to sell their books. And yeah. So like that was like, I don't know, maybe that's a 2023 thing. So Yeah. I think, I mean, there still are lo- local comic book shows, um, but I do think that a lot of them are, have like sort of consolidated into just like larger ones, like the Pillars in Boston, like is I think Wicked mm-hmm. Comic Con. There's like the Boston Fan Expo now. Um, Which is such a weird thing. I think the, and again, I've been out of the game for a long time. The guys that run Wicked, I believe, are the same guys that started Boston Comic yeah. Con, which sold it to Fan Expo. <laughs> right, yeah. I, yeah, because yeah. they had their first one, like, last season or whatnot, and I went, and it was like, for I when they said it was, oh, it was our first one, I was like, okay, this will be kind of like a like a small, intimate, like, comic. Nope, it was <laughs> still humongous. Yeah. There were, like... The venue was obviously too small for the amount of people that were, like, interested in it. It was crazy. Like, everybody was packed in, like, sardines. And it, it was uh, it was not uncomfortable, but it was, like, <clears throat> it was definitely, like, okay, you guys definitely need a big, a bigger venue for next year. And I'm, I, I would be surprised if they don't have a bigger venue. I forget where it was held this year. but And it was awesome. Um, I, the, I, if you don't go into a Comic-Con with a plan, it's just, like chaos in mind and everything <laughs> yeah. like like i i did not go in with a plan at all i i was um i i my comic book collection was like growing but it wasn't like i hadn't identified what i was like into i guess and uh so i just ended up walking around like three or four times and just like handpicking a couple of comics here and there like mostly ninja turtle comics and um and then leaving and being like Man, I I feel like I did nothing there. I walked around for three hours and I didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, they, they can be so overwhelming. Like I, I, you know, I've always been a collector of something. Yeah, and you know, like comics and CDs. I was like, bought a shit ton of CDs like back in the day. <laughs> and uh, I remember, like, you'd be like, oh man, I want this album. I want this album. I want this album. I want this album. And then you would go, you'd find like this cool used CD store, and you'd get in there and be like, I don't. What's music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and so you just flip through, and you're like, I don't know any bands anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly what happens. Is like you forget what titles you're reading. Yeah, you forget like what artists you enjoy. You're like, <laughs> what artists are even here today? Like, I, you, and then someone comes over generally. Hey, do you need any help? And you're just like, I'm just looking because <laughs> I can't think. Don't ask me a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just browsing. I'm just yeah, browsing. No. That's all. That's my go-to. You know, even though like I'm like desperate. My, maybe I, I found or thought of some comic that I want and I'm just I'm looking for it and he's like can I help you I'm like no I'm good <laughs> you know, even though it saved me 25 minutes if I was just like hey do you have you know whatever issue numbers yeah um, I remember those days man like you'd sit in front of like 20 boxes of comics yeah. and someone would be like do you have such and such and you'd just be able to be like no yeah. like I somehow <laughs> knew a thousand and two thousand comics what i had in front of me it was yeah. bizarre like yeah i it, it, you just have must have had like some like photographic memory or like an inventory list of like a like, I, I was telling because i'm fucking horrible with names yeah like, so bad um we were recording bar talk and uh, so I'm going around the table introducing. I'm like, oh, and we're here with Mel. And they're like, his name's Lou. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> so we recorded for an hour where I called him Lou. We took a break, recorded the next episode. And I'm like, and we're here with blah, blah, blah. And Mel, and they're like, his name is Lou. <laughs> but uh, I could probably look at a picture of G.I. Joe weapons and be like, this one belongs to sci-fi. He came out like in 84. And this is what he looks like. And this is the other... I don't know why my brain works that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, right. It's just how it's wired. Yeah. So it, that's, you know, why my, my shop was pretty solid, you know, because, like, 
it, it was it, it was for there's two types of comic book shops yeah i know it about i, I know the two yep there's the stuff where it's like it's new and then it's gone <laughs> and then there's the one that you walk in and it's dark and you're like um i bet she probably rains inside when it rains <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's you know it's got a weird that weird old paper smell and there's boxes on the floor and that's the ones where you find like those hidden gems yeah. that was my store yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we just had tons of back issues and all sorts of bins of like, oh, that's loose figures. Go dig over there in the loose figure bin. And But, um, yeah, I mean, shit, that's where I met Fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He, he came in. This is how broken he is. I forget what he was looking for. It might have been Superman. It was around the Civil War time. <laughs> Uh, the comic books, not the movie. Uh. <laughs> and uh, he asked me if I had something. I can't remember. I cannot remember what it was. And I shit on him. <laughs> like, really? You're reading that piece of crap? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I like it here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the cut of this guy's gym. <laughs> yeah, you know. And that, But, I mean, that was kind of the fun part. Like, it was never, it was never hostile. It was more, you know, just busting balls and, like, you know. Yeah, I will say about your shop, there was never, like, a lack of stuff to look at. Yeah. There was always, like, something something happening, something doing, or something new. <clears throat> You're, and it was so expansive. I feel like for the almost the duration that you were at the the original shop, yeah. like, you, the previous antique shop yeah. owner was moving stuff out. It, it was so a weird setup. Stuff yeah, in. yeah. And it kept growing, and, like, yeah. and, and that was just one of those... You, every business kind of grows, and like at the beginning, you're like, "All right, I'm going to buy these couple of figures at retail and try to resell them for a markup. I'm going to find a cool shit at a yard sale or thrift mm-hmm. store or whatever." And then it gets to the point where people are walking in with twelve long boxes of comics, yeah. and they'd be like, "I want a hundred dollars." I'm like, "Cool, here's a hundred bucks." And <laughs> then you start looking through, it and you're like, "Oh shit, I kind of ripped that person off." <laughs> Um, but then you would just, you, and you were buying bigger and bigger collections. I remember like one time some guy, oh man, I think it was like, I think it was like 30 long boxes of comics and like 25 boxes of, of miscellaneous toys and action figures. And you know, like he was a collector and just dumped his entire collection and it it was, it took weeks to go through it all, you know? And and, that's crazy. Yeah. So it, it, it was fun. I don't. I don't miss it, but I, I I look back fondly. Yeah, you know. I I mean, I it's got to be a ton of work. I, we we've talked, you know, in Facebook, you know, messages and whatnot about like the prospect of, or for me, the the idea of opening up a shop and things like that because, um, you know, because I like I like the idea so much and, um. But yeah, it just seems like a ton of work, you know, like the inventory. And also you're just, as a small, you're a small business owner. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like your inventory is, or your your product, the, the price for it is constantly changing depending upon the market. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like a Walmart where you just buy something, you put it on the yeah. shelf and it That's stays $9. That, yeah, and it stays that yeah. price forever. Like, you know, one like change in like who the director is in a, in a upcoming film can, you know, change the price you know of the the first appearance of some character for like 300 percent. yeah Yeah, you know like it's crazy yeah it it was you know and people definitely who like their first time would come in the store or whatever and then after a while i get to know them and befriend them and then they'd have like this moment where they'd like confess to you and like hey uh first time i came in here i bought uh the one i'm thinking of it was uh this comic called goon okay yeah yeah He's like, I bought the first issue of Goon here for like five bucks, and he's like, I sold it for like a hundred, and I'm like, cool, like that's shame on me, you know, yeah. like that's... trying to price three hundred thousand comics or whatever, like trying to get that store open. You're like, yeah. After a while, you're just like, yeah, you... get a price, get it out. Don't yeah. You know? 
I mean, especially on those back issue ones, you know, I they get lost in a bin. You forget, yeah. Yeah, you had. I mean, you must have. I can't remember exactly how many boxes oh you had, but just like out on the shop floor was like I probably had to have been like at least twenty, at least in that first main yeah main room, right? I think collectively I had close to a hundred boxes, and you figure Jesus. each one. They're all long boxes. Yeah, too. we're like I don't know. 250 comics yeah so it's like it's a lot of comics <laughs> yeah it's a lot of comics man and then there's always like 15 to 20 of those that are like i wish someone would just buy these for kindling because <laughs> 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 no one's gonna buy these ever yeah um and yeah there, there were it, it was it was a trip man like i remember one guy came in and he brought a box of comics and it was all just garbage yeah you know, just like no one reads that and I forget, he like threw me an offer. I'm like, yeah, uh, um, no thanks. And he's like, you wouldn't offer me anything? I'm like, man, if you left that here and walked away, I'd be annoyed. <laughs> right. He was yeah. kind of pissed, but I'm like, I'm just being honest. Like, no one reads that. Like, it would be in my 25 cent bins forever. Right. And uh, just be taking up yeah, space. space. Valuable space. Yeah. I think things has ch- have changed since then, man. Like, those comics that some, I mean, there are comics obviously that nobody uh, reads still, but like, man, speculation just runs wild in the comic book industry now, you know, especially since the, the emergence of the MCU and, yeah. and now like everything is getting, you know, um, picked up for like TV show or yeah, like sure. a Netflix movie yeah. or whatever. I think I think like the most recent example that I can think of is Something is Killing the Children, the comic book from Boom. I don't even know that one. Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty good. It, I think the first issue was it came out in like 2016. I'm I might be incorrect, but it um, that first issue had like eight uh, you know reprints for it, and now like the first issue, like if you can get it graded, um, you know nine point eight or whatnot, is like thousands of dollars. But it's like a modern book. Like you never really yeah. expect modern books to be like that sought after that much money but it's like it got optioned for tv show so like people are like oh baby and also it's like a pretty good um it's actually it's a really good story and um i've since jumped on the bandwagon yeah for sure i mean i remember uh i was at oh my god why am i blanking on his name i was at a comic show in boston and um shit guy writes walking dead Oh, uh, Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Yeah. Kirkman was a guest. Yeah. And I just started getting into Walking Dead. It was like maybe 20 issues in. And like I'm walking around the show and some guy's like Walking Dead number one. And I'm like, hey, man, how much is how much is that? And he's like, oh, it's like 125. I'm like, ugh, 125. Yeah. Like now I'm like looking back. I'm like, I would kill for Walking Dead for 125. Like I don't, I don't even know what it goes for. But like it's yeah. in excess of a thousand. And I'd be able to get Kirkman to autograph it. <laughs> right, yeah. I did the same thing with uh, Punisher back when I was a younger, or the first, um, ish, you know, the first appearance of Punisher. That was like, that used to be like a $50 book when, when I was first yeah. collecting. And now it's like, again, graded, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you're talking like $2,000. And I was like, man, I wish I had just bit the bullet and spent <laughs> yeah, $50 right? on that comic back yeah. then. Because man, that would be a nice little like. Uh, Every time I, I like really want to hate myself, like I'll just go back and I'll start like looking up things <laughs> that I knew I had in the store, yeah. and like you know DC select figures or uh, busts yeah. or whatever. And some are just like, God damn, like yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's if you're into like you know self punishment and stuff, that's definitely something you can do. Yeah. I, I, my original collection, I had like. At one point, I had unloaded like nine boxes of comic books just for free. I don't even know where they went, um, just to like whatever a comic book store um, for probably like twenty five bucks. And just like thinking back, like man, if I really hope that there was nothing in there that was worth more than twenty five dollars, because that would be a bummer. Yeah, but you know that's 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 part of that whole industry and. You really, you really had to know your stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were comic conventions that I remember doing where, like, I was, wa- you always do the, like that pre show after you set up, you do the pre show walk. 
and a guy had McFarlane figures and I knew a guy who was looking for the chase figure and um, he was looking for the whole set and I'm like, well, how much are your McFarlane figures? And he's like, oh, they're not really selling at the shop. So five bucks a piece. So I'm like, I'll take a complete set and however many of, I think it's Mrs. Claus. And he's like, okay, cool. And I walked like a hundred feet away <laughs> and put them on my table you know, I put the set aside for the guy who wanted them, but then I, I put like the Mrs. Claus out for like twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, whatever it was going for, and I pretty much made the majority of my money back just from that one finger. And wow. He came down later in the show, he's like, "Hey man, someone just told me that you had like Miss Claus out here for like thirty bucks." I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's like super hot figure," and he was so cool. He's like, "Ah, that's on me," yeah. you know. And I'm like, "Kinda." <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know? it's just the the risk that you take being in such a like a speculative industry is just like. Sometimes you're just going to walk yeah. 50 feet and the the figure's going to be worth, you know, 20% more and, and or whatever. You, and you can't, you can't know everything. <clears throat> and, like, I found the store had a different type of market opposed to online, mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, conventions. And that was, like, the heyday of eBay. Like, yeah. I made so much money off of eBay. Yeah. eBay's but, a tough, tough thing now. Yeah. Like, I it, don't, it's, I don't even go on it ever. I go on it to buy, but I would never sell on it anymore. It's yeah. just, it's too, it's too, it's too muddied. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like we lost. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, because we've known each other for fucking ever. I know. Well, I, I just, I enjoy talking comic books. So. Yeah. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> right? Like, it's been a long time. And, yeah. like, it, when I really started kicking around the idea and, like, oh, like a smaller Comic Con. I'm like, do I really want to do that? Is that? Yeah. And, but I'm like, it's been a long time. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, do I even have the contacts that I used you to have, yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. It's, it's, it's on my radar as a possibility. I think the, the sort of, like, encompassing theme is that, really, you should just do things for your own self-enjoyment. Yeah. And then just the good things will come to you as you as you keep working at it. And it's 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 really interesting that you phrased it that way because initially when we started Inebriart, um I was working at Home Depot and I was looking for a way out. Yeah. I fucking hated it. And I wanted to I'm like, oh, can can this be a business? Right. And I was listening to Bruce Campbell, and he, I don't remember what they were talking about, but they're like, oh, you know, you've been working with um, Sam Raimi forever. And he's like, yeah, he's like, because when we started working together, we broke down, and this was like his advice for people creating anything. If you're working with someone else, he's like, you break down the responsibility and your ownership percentage right away. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a lot easier to split five bucks than five million. Right. So he's like, if you have it laid out, there's no hard feelings that when you get to five million, you're like, hey, you know, uh, I'm only 12% owner because that's what I agreed to in the beginning. But hey, you know, I still get 12% of five million. Right. Opposed to getting to the five million and being like, well, I feel like I did a little more than 12%, you know? So it's in that. So we had that conversation in the beginning of like, who, 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 who's doing what? Who gets what percentage? And it kind of floundered for a bit. And we went through some, uh, you know, changes uh, as who who is part of it, as a lot of businesses and, you know, friendships happen. Right. Um, But then we kind of stepped back and, you know, I was like, all right, this isn't going to get me out of Home Depot. And I ended up at another job. But then it kind of just became like, well, let's see if we can get our friend who's an artist some more exposure. Let, let's do this because it sounds like fun. Yeah. Let's do this because we just want to do this. And that's kind of how it evolved. And now it is my full-time job just because of that mindset where I wasn't like, how do I get rich? Right. It literally became, is it going to be fun? Let's give it a try. Yep, absolutely. I, I, my, um, <clears throat> my aunt, who's actually a really talented artist, and she's trying to get into the the whole um, children's book publishing realm. Um, she's been she's been grinding for probably ten years um, 
trying to get into that and she's keep she keeps going for it and like she's honestly a big inspiration for my writing and i've told her as such um just because she's so determined and i think she did she said that like creative people just need to be creative and Mm -hmm. like whether it whether it it works out and you're able to like leave your full-time job at home Depot to start doing all this other stuff and helping your, your art friends get exposure and doing all these podcasts and things like that. And all these cool events. Um, or if you're just typing away in your, in your basement for hopes that, you know, you can publish a comic online or run a, a, a any kind of business, anything you love. Um, you know, you just, just, if you can just create, then, you know, you'll find happiness and joy. I and guess. That, that's so true. Like, I mean, you, you were helping me like during COVID, I started work on a, on a movie script and it wasn't right, because yeah. I really feel, I think the story is good, but I don't feel like, I don't know, like if that's ever going to go anywhere. You know, like that script could be found like 20 years after I'm dead and someone be like, Oh, this is a good script. Let's make this. Yeah. Uh, but like, it was a dark time for everybody. And I'm yeah. like, I just need to do something. Yeah, and that's kind of where I felt my creative juices flowing. So like, I'm like, all right, let's let's give this a try. And I've gone back to it a few times. It's still like needs a lot of work, but um, it, it is the creative people will create regardless of what job they have. Yeah, you know whether it's they work in an office and it's like that time of like Christmas and like, oh, you know, people can decorate their cubicles. There's always that one person and you're like, uh, I mean, you didn't have to make your cubicle into a giant castle with like snow and, but they're like, yeah, but I really wanted to, you know, it's yeah. like that kind of, that scratches that itch. Right. Exactly. Yep. Whatever it may be. So. Keeps us sane. It does. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as sane as we can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. It doesn't feel like it, but we've been going for a long time. Okay. Um, I thought we might be. I don't. Yeah, know no, but it's just no one of those like here. after a while, I'm like, oh yeah, we're like on a t- not a time limit, but um, where can people go to find the comic? Okay, wondercomics.org. So, you know, wondercomics.org. In plain sight, number one, by Rob Furness. Nice. Yeah. And you are starting working on the second, but you like don't have a time frame for it or. Um, I'm going to complete the rough draft of uh, the first uh, this uh, issue number two this week. Actually, I have some time off, so I'm actually working on that. I've been working on another, like, more specifically horror comic as well. Um, so I, now I'm trying to, like, think about other other genres that I want to, you know, get into a little bit. Cause uh, the floodgates are open. Yeah. <laughs> That's so how it always is. I have like, I have like a notebook. I try to do like some actual writing versus typing. Cause I feel like it's a little bit easier to just like jot down ideas. Um, so I have a little notebook that I'm always like writing in at night and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm trying to like put together those stories as well. So I'm working on a bunch. I'd like to get the issue number two script done and then the other story, which doesn't really have a title, but it's like a horror thing about a trash monster. Okay. So, I've always like wanted to have a, mo- a story about a trash monster, so I was like, I I'm going to do a horror story about a trash Immediately think of uh, Fraggle Rock. Oh, I, I'm familiar with Fraggle Rock, but uh, I... There was a trash heap. Oh, all right. She was like the wise like sage. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, Yeah, but trash monster. Cool. Yeah, so... Um, so those are the two things I'm working on now. Cool. All right. Um, is there a social media where people can go and check up on what you're working on? Like, do you? No, nah, I don't no. really post on it. I don't really. Yeah, do. that's fair. I, I'm I'm gonna like I gotta like redo my whole social media stuff yeah, that, because it is a big thing. But I it just like never gets any traction. I feel like I'm I gotta like make some specific it, changes. It is literally another fucking job. Yeah. Like you, and that's one of those things where people are like oh, I don't know. How to promote, like, do you have social media? Yeah, well, how often do you post on it? Like, I don't know, like, once every six months? Like, yeah, no one sees that. I try to, I, <laughs> so I try to post pretty frequently, yeah. but what ends up happening is, like, I just, like, then it, like, sort of just becomes, like, a stream of, con- not stream of consciousness, but, like, it becomes a little bit of everything, and it's not, like, hammered down into one certain thing, so it's, like, it's got a lot of stuff about wrestling, and then I tried to do, um, I tried to have, like, all of my, uh, comic book stuff on there as well, but it's just not, nothing's like picking up traction of, of anything. So, it, it, and it's one of those, 
it, it's all it changes so goddamn much where they're like, oh, you know, you have to have posts with photos. Yeah. Oh, you can't have words in your photos or it doesn't go as oh well now that's not the same anymore oh now you got to do videos now you can do videos in this format now you got to do videos that are this long and this style and yeah. da, 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 and you're like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. i actually had a, 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 a couple of phone meetings with um a guy that works at meta to like help our advertising and uh at the very first phone call i'm like i just want to let you know up front i hate your company <laughs> And he goes, that's fair. Most people do. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I like you. <laughs> yeah, at least he's honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I get it. I get it. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, listeners, make sure you check out uh, Rob's stuff and, um, you know, check out his movie when it comes out. And Yeah. yeah. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Give me a call. Yeah. Hulu, totally up for Hulu or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, no, man, it was a really good catching up. And uh, when an Amazon comes out, we should go see it. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to, yeah. That'd be awesome. And the whole time I'll just be like, you're right. You were right the whole time. <laughs> you can, Yeah, you can buy the popcorn. All right. As, as an, uh, I, for me, as an I told you so. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, uh, all right, listeners, uh, we'll catch you guys again next week. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.